Cool. Uh, today is August 17th. I got Cody Hagen here with the Dynasty Sup League fellow member. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Good to see you. <laughs> uh, casuals will be casual, I suppose. Um, so for those that have tuned into the three or four episodes, whatever it broke out to, we uh, JT still love the dude. He uh, had some events happen. And he's no longer in the league. For those that commission a league and you have doubts about an owner, especially in Dynasty, this is for casual to Dynasty, always be cordial, always be polite, but be direct. And, uh, you know, as a commissioner, you have to get into people a little bit and find out if they're truly committed for the health of the league or if they're going to be distracted. Um, I think a few people sent offers to JT while he was going through his thing and they did not get responses. So I kept listening to the other members saying, Hey, what's up with this league? Why are we not doing trades, etc." cetera? Um, Cody, I think you might've even sent a trade offer. Oh yeah, I did. I sent a trade offer. Too. So for fellow commissioners or any casuals are getting into it, it's very, it's important as an owner that you're prompt at least in getting back to somebody's trade offer or conversation and that you stay active. If you're too busy or caught up, you should probably have a conversation with the commissioner and other owners and, and be real. I mean, we do this because we love it. We're not trying to hammer anybody or annoy anybody and, you know, but dynasty is year round and that's a, a big commitment and it's, you know, life goes on and, yep. I'm still friends with, with JT. Uh, he might even drop in back in on the podcast later when he has more time, but we moved on. I, uh, I join even more message boards and read up even more cause that's who I am. And there was a guy on Twitter who followed this podcast and he reached out. So Christian will be joining us on a podcast on Sunday and Christian thankfully agreed to take over the team that I drafted for JT. So Cody, I don't even know. Did you know that I basically kind of drafted for JT while he was going through all that? Um, yeah, he. I know you're sending him top picks and stuff like that, and trying to help him form yeah. a solid team. But yeah, I, I did know that. Yeah, I mean, as a commissioner, you should always try to do best available. I think uh, with this being casuals and competitives, I didn't want one roster to get too far behind or make – if you do best available all the time, it might not make sense from a roster construction standpoint. So I I, I kind of probably went in a little too, too much further than best available, but that was for the betterment well, of what I hoped JT was going to come back to. No, um, no, you, you, you did a solid job drafting him because I know that – Whenever you would pick, I'd be like, shit. Well, I know, but other yeah. owners would be mad at that because I was in more as an owner than I was as a best available only type setup. So, I, you know, I kind of have to disagree with that because I think that that's part of draft strategy and something you should think about. Like, yeah. if it was an actual owner picking, he might be picking in a similar fashion. So, right. That too, uh, but I definitely had a heavy hand in JT's construction because he gave me some players he liked. I knew he was kind of a Bucks fan, um, so I had I had his full heart in mind when I built that team. Fortunately, that team has Keenan Allen, uh, Stephen Diggs, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Christian came in and immediately made a trade, which was pretty cool. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
J- Joby and I were waiting on the Aaron Rodgers trade to go through for Christian McCaffrey. Um, Joby could not get a response from JT. I couldn't get a response. So um, when Christian took over, that deal was consummated almost immediately. Um, for those following Rodgers for McCaffrey, it was Christian McCaffrey, a 11th pick. Uh, we, we haven't yet drafted our rookies, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, today is... August 17th, and we are heading into the rookie draft probably starting next week, and that's why we're doing this podcast. But Christian gave away uh, the 111, the 214th overall in Christian McCaffrey. He got back Aaron Rodgers, the 1-5, a third rounder in 2019, and a third round in 2020. By all accounts, um, I knew he would take that because Joby gave him a lot. I don't know how you felt. Hmm. For Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, I think he was giving up a lot to get Christian, um, but I deemed it pretty fair. Yeah, I think I think Joby did give up a lot to Christian McCaffrey, um, but he was going to give up more if Rogers was coming over to me. Kind of situations. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I knew. I don't think I knew that. What were you going to give for Rogers? I, I can't even remember the trade, but it honestly, like his his trades were, I'll give you this and this. I think he's going after McKinnon, and I was just like, no, because I want McKinnon, and I was like, I'm okay with Cousins and Carr for now. Like Rogers is like, yeah, it's an upgrading QB, but I think Cousins and Carr might be QB ones this year, so one of them's a big QB one. I mean. For those of you, we have Charlotte in the background for Cody. Sometimes that's his daughter. She's adorable. Um, so bear with us. And then um, I think Cody is very much aware, and as we talked about in my previous podcast, I will tend to overpay to capture Aaron Rodgers. Um, Joby and I had a tentative agreement during the draft, and it never came to fruition. So I am – Sitting tight with Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, who I have a huge upside for. I think healthy-wise, he's another Blake Bortles situation where he's not pretty. You don't want to own him, but he scores. Same draft class. Where the, oh, yeah. yeah. Touche. And uh, I've also positioned myself pretty well for this draft. I have the 7th, the 10th, the 15th, the 18th, and the 34th through some various trades after the draft that I did. Um, I basically gave away a whole bunch of wide receivers to pick up the seventh in Marvin Jones. I think Mm -hmm. the league in general didn't like that trade on Brady's side, but they liked it from me. Um, I mean, I like the trade. I mean, I'm not very much so on Marvin Jones, but I mean – it wasn't for, from my side. It wasn't for Marvin Jones, but I did give up Robbie Anderson, Marquise Lee, Des Bryant, and Keelan Cole. And third, fourth, and fifth of 2019, I got back Marvin Jones, the 7th, the 18th, and the 2022nd. Um, I was chasing more draft picks for this rookie class because I think he's deeper than the 2019. And the 7th was very important to me. Yes. I think you're. I think you're sitting pretty solid that you're going to be able to get somebody that you're going to be okay with getting. So based on my build right now, I have Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Tevin Coleman, and Frank Gore. Running back, initially, most people want to be in the top five. This is all prior to uh, Darius Geis going down and uh, Sony Mitchell. 
Sonny Michelle's a knee injury as well. So now that I'm in the seven spot, it's quite conceivable that something good falls to me. I just can't play them immediately. Um, being that my running backs are so set, I have a hard – I definitely believe I'm probably going Darius Geist there at seven. I think he will fall. Um, other teams need more immediate startable running backs. Yes. Um, opposite of that, everybody knows I'm a Browns fan and a Packers fan. Baker would be nice at seven because who's at eight? Somebody's at eight. Somebody in the top ten needs a quarterback. And I forgot who. Uh, you're at eight, actually. Yeah. I'm not going to quarterback at eight, though. Your quarterback's cousin's car and then garbage. But you're not going to go there. Yeah. All, all the backups. <laughs> That's true. Um. He's got Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Kaiser, Josh Dobbs, and Kaepernick. Yeah, I mean, based on that build, I honestly would patiently sit and just grab Mason Rudolph later. That would be my play. Mm-hmm. You have DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks, Devin Funches, Devontae Freeman, McKinnon, and Drake. Uh, your play at eight is probably a running back. Yep. I will, I will be looking at running back at eight. So, um, for those getting ready for your rookie drafts, if you did not do it in the startup, the consensus number one, I don't even need to talk about it. Everybody knows it's Saquon Barkley. He had the hamstring pull-up. Hamstrings can be nagging and all that, but he is a physical specimen. The pull-up did not look harsh. It doesn't look like he's going to be out for too long. Um, He is staying out of the game tonight, but – by all measures, Bark, uh, Barkley's going to get the ball. I mean, Hands down. Nothing, sh- nothing should sway you off of him at the 1-1. Even if he was in the guy situation, I still think Barkley could possibly go 1-1. Yep. Only because everybody's familiar with Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah. Dalvin Cook didn't happen. I don't know what everybody would do with Geis. Um, for me, Geis is a <laughs> – in, in my other league – Joby and I had three days worth of negotiations and I was trying to get Juju and guys and it was going to take me giving up a, a B. So Joby didn't want a B necessarily, but I was going to get swing a B for like six rookies and a whole bunch of picks and give all of that to Joby for Juju and guys. Oh, wow. <laughs> it would have made complete sense for me because Juju and guys would be the future. Yeah. In my opinion. I don't like giving up AB in that league, but it would have been, in my opinion, worth it for a long-term play. Yeah. Charlotte liked it too. <laughs> so, um, I think Juju's great, to be honest. Well, and for those, uh, I think Cody's looked at the scoring system a little bit more. Um, those not familiar and those listening, in my league setting, there is spiffs for uh, kick return yards, and Juju is still <laughs> returning punts. Yes. So Juju and Miley, Juju, Tyreek Hill, uh, Tariq Cohen, Tyler Lockett, guys like that in my league, because they get one point per 10 yards, they can score a little bit more. Who do you think I have my roster? Tyler Lockett and Jamison Crowder. Do you really? Yes, I do. And yeah, but you're not. I mean, with your line, those guys won't even see your starting lineup. 
it on, depends on bye week, sure. But may, maybe yeah. in the flex, yeah, maybe in the flex. It depends how much Alex Smith likes Jamison Crowder, and it depends whether Tyler Lockett is quote unquote fully healthy and becomes a favorite target for Wilson. But so in the elite empire league, I ended up trading. Uh, I got back Lockett. I traded away Baldwin and Mahomes, got Watson and Lockett. And then I traded Watson to go acquire uh, Jordan Howard. <laughs> so my wheeling and dealing continues. Christian uh, has been savvy to it from this podcast, and he's also negotiated with me. So Sunday we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, he's from Germany, so the time, uh, time zone has been interesting that we, we wait until he's awake six hours ahead of us. Uh, we did our startup draft, and that took nine to- total days, which was way better than this league. <laughs> way better. Everybody in that league, I, I handpicked and vetted from the message boards, and all of them, like f- five of them are commissioners of their own league, so everybody knew what to do. And, like, I was away from the draft for eight hours, and the draft continued as if nothing happened. Nice. It was, it was all of us said, hands down, this is the best league ever, which is – doesn't speak well for this podcast league, but <laughs> that league came from this podcast league and the frustrations of having to flag people down for trades and, oh. and to make their picks. So hopefully, uh, so in this format, our rookie draft is going to be slow draft for those at home. It's best if you can get all of your owners in the same room, but when you got different time zones and all that it can't always happen. Uh, with all the trades that can happen, I've devised Google docu- Documents, Google Docs, a spreadsheet that I can update real time and everybody can peek in on. Uh, because if trades happen, I'm able to edit that better than most apps. SleeperBot is amazing if nobody's trading in and out of picks. We use SleeperBot and the other startup um, for visuals, but like if somebody traded, I would have to gap them out and like leave a blank and then like swap places. It, it was kind of a fiasco. So Google docs, it is for us. Um, we're going to do it real time and it's going to be nice. Have you gone on that page, Cody? Uh, the Google docs. Yeah. So in our, yeah, in our Google docs, I didn't update, uh, Leo traded out of the one, one. I oh, forget. Yes, he did. He traded. He didn't know that? Mm. So Leo traded out of the 1-1 for those scoring at home. He received Alvin Kamara, the ninth, the 16th overall, which is in the second round, and 2019 second. He... Wait, I have that built. Oh, that's what Leo got. He gave up... Not only did he give up the 1-1, one, one, he gave up the 2019 first and Lamar Miller. Yeah. Um, I'm not – I like Kamara, but I'm not that high on him to give away Barkley, Miller, and another first-rounder. Not with Ingram there. After his suspension is up, I think Kamara's going to – bit downside in production once Ingram comes back. Well, what people don't understand, too, is Kamara was averaging 6.7 or 7 yards a carry – that there's no way in the NFL that can happen. It, not consistently. Not when you're rushing 30 times a game. 
So it was smart that you got the nine back. He's got uh, Leo has Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, Larry Fitzgerald. His wide receivers are set for all intents and purposes. He's got Alvin Kamara, Deion Lewis, Peyton Barber. His running backs stink. So he's he, <laughs> yes, yes or no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, you could be on the Deion Lewis hype train. Um, he hasn't been healthy throughout. He was, in fact, uh, not fully utilized in New England. But the nine, yeah, I mean, Leo has to pick up a running back at nine. Yeah, because uh, unless somehow Jeremy Hill gets out of that committee in New England, which won't happen. Well, Peyton Barber is slated as the starter. Uh, now, um, speaking of rookies, Ronald Jones is not the hype anymore. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Everybody on the message boards, there's a few campaigns that absolutely have been smearing him anyway. Um, but Ronald Jones was going to be an early start me now back, and now apparently he's not going to be. So what we thought as of – prior to preseason with who was going to start immediately is no longer. Geis is out. Sony Michelle is going to be in committee. He's got knee injuries. Nick Chubb has basically done nothing in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, it's it's devastating if you were in, in true need of a running back, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, Leo's got the 9 and the 16. He only has Drew Brees and Tyrod Taylor, which – in Superflex, you've got to have three quarterbacks. I don't care who you are. You have to have three functional starters. At least in a 10- or 12-team league, if you're in 16, you're just fighting to find somebody salvageable to even drop in there. Um, yeah. Only because most leagues score better for the quarterbacks, PPR, et cetera. And, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much Leo's going running back quarterback as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah good luck with that yeah I mean running backs we might see somebody <laughs> no I'm not I'm not going to predict Akram Wadley to, to squeeze into the t- top three rounds but I mean if our league is that running back heavy it's going to be not going to be good um Cody, on the far right on that rookie sheet, I listed 69 of the rookies. Far right of the rookie draft sheet? Yep. So conceivably, you're looking at four, five, six, seven, eight total quarterbacks that might have function. You're looking at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, like 25 running backs. Uh, eight to ten tight ends, plethora of wide receivers. No, oh, yeah, plenty for this draft class. And by all all measures, most people are saying this draft class has been one of the better ones. So for those mortgaging your future in dynasty, you definitely want in on this draft. And most people are hedging against the 2019 draft class. I think what in our other league you gave away almost all your draft class. For a lot of 2019, yeah. So you're built opposite. (laughs) Which is, people need, like, Dynasty is a marathon, it's not a sprint. Um, 
what Cody did in that one was he, in our rebuild league, he designed, decided quickly to obtain known values and he'll worry about the rest later. Um, and if he's the only one at houses 2019 draft picks, he's still going to find value there because he's only competing with himself. Yeah. Like and that's I, the other philosophy. Like if you own the entire draft, you're going to have to hit on somebody. And somebody started to catch wind in that league, and that happened to be my uncle, and he started to trade for 2019 picks. So it could be the Hagen draft in 2019. Opposite of that, now in almost all of my leagues, I'm squared up and set up for 2020. Here's the deal for all you casual fans. I just started Empire League. Cody, do you know what that is? Um, no. <laughs> So Empire is Dynasty. You draft. You're designed to keep everybody. But if the winner in 2018 wins in 2019, so, uh, you know, your pay-in, your buy-in, whatever, part of that each year goes over to the Empire pot. Mm -hmm. And the Empire pot stays until somebody goes back-to-back. So... You're highly incentivized, even if you're in the bottom, to still stay in it. Because if you can put string together a back-to-back season, you get a huge payout. Yeah. You you follow? I do follow. So, like, if nobody goes back-to-back, and then I did a poll on one of the message boards. I asked anybody who's done Dynasty for a long time how many back-to-back champs they've had. Almost all of them said every five to seven years is when it happens. So think about it. I mean, you, you're looking at in year five, you're looking at 700 extra. Like if you're buying 60 or whatever and you do small pot, mm-hmm. small pot split for that, um, it's a nice payout. So here's the thing. Empire, when somebody goes Empire, we do a full reset and a full brand new startup. You lose all of your future draft picks. You lose your entire roster and you're doing it again. <laughs> so... At first, I wasn't trying to acquire 2020 because one of the guy's rosters like somehow looked ridiculous. Uh, it's actually Christian. Um, but then as my roster started to take shape and form with different trades, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to blow this guy's empire up. <laughs> He's not going empire. And then as soon as I made that decision, so now I have three first rounds in 2020, three second rounds in 2020, and three third rounders in 2020. So I can either A, use those to people are going to root for me. So say Christian wins 2018 here mm-hmm. and then I'm in the playoffs or looking like a good team in 2019. The interesting thing about empire rules, people don't want somebody to go back to back. They want that pot to grow. <laughs> so 2019, there's going to be some favorable trades where somebody's going to be like, Ben, you're our best chance to blow up this guy's empire. Yep. And they're going to, you know, and I have all those draft pick assets. So for them, it makes sense if they're rebuilding. I give them draft picks and they give me their best asset to go beat up Christian. Cool. Everybody wins except for Christian. Yeah. It's it's crazy dynamics. I I read it. And so that's what I want to do with these more hardcore guys from the message boards. So that is crazy. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's different for sure. Um, So in that league, and guys, if you're in several leagues, you got to pay attention to your league settings, pay attention to different owners. Um, Cody's been in a few of my leagues now. He knows, like, across the board, there's some key guys that I absolutely try to obtain. Oh, wow. Holy cow. You watching the game? 
Yum, yum, following up. Christian yeah. McCaffrey is on fire tonight. Um, Don't say they have a trade pending right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to acquire him. And it's funny because our Christian in this league thought that I was trying to obtain, or he asked me if I was going to overpay for Rodgers. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You can have him. <laughs> and then uh, he knows that me and Joby both like Christian McCaffrey. So he's like, uh, well, if you get him, are you going to try to flip him to Joby? I'm like, no, if I get him, I'm going to own him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Five carries for 92 yards, one touchdown. Nice. Um, so, yeah, going to the rookies, your consensus – the of a few different strategies draft to fill your need is one another one is always draft best available at that time regardless and then look to flip them later yep um and then the other one all of the green bay packers is draft completely to fix your need so if you're weak at running back only draft running backs one of them has to hit Absolutely. And if, if it doesn't, you go depth. You know, who's the third string that's not even starting? And, you know, then they fill in a role for potential injury. Yeah. That's what you got to go with. And then they prove themselves, and then they're a starter or they're the second string the next year. And Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's – uh, you can do that. And then I have one more idea. <laughs> uh, crap. Uh, and I mean, the other thing is to absolutely trade out of it and get your value that way. Somebody's going to be rookie heavy. So, yeah, the other draft strategy you could do also is while you're mid-draft, if you can't make up your mind and you have like four guys in that area that you like, but you don't mind having all four, ask around, see if you can trade back. You'll pick up an extra pick or an extra you know, known value and somebody will move up to get who they want. And then you're fine. Like, say, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman. In a startup, they're all, like, 67, 74, 86. Close. You know, somebody's mind, they might like Rashad Penny because he could be the starter in Seattle. But now he had the finger injury. He got Ronald Jones, who we talked about briefly. He had a lot of hype. Now he's possibly the RB2, no longer the RB1. And then you have Royce Freeman who tore it up, but he still has Devontae Booker out there in Denver. Yep. But cool. I'm, I'm going to go out here and say this, but because I, I was watching Rashad Penny and I did like him. And then I went back and looked at Chris Carson tapes and I'm like, Chris Carson over Rashad Penny any day. See, so I think, I think it was Max Kellerman on one of the hot take, whatever ESPN. He said, at the end of the day, you have to trust the NFL guys <laughs> The NFL guys in Seattle are hard to trust anyway, kind of, but they, yeah. they're right in a lot of ways and they're wrong in a lot of ways. Chris Carson, I think, was a sixth round. He um, was Oklahoma running back. So either way, Kellerman's point was you took a guy who was super late and then you moved up to take another guy super early. If you did that and your starter happens to be the sixth or seventh <laughs> undrafted, then you're just completely horrible. Yep. Is what he said. Like your scout team, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, we see it all the time that late rounds definitely come up and I mean 
I do say that, but then also the stats are uncanny. A first-round running back versus an undrafted, they are the disparity is huge. Yes. It really is. Like, if you're drafting the first round, guys, pay attention to what the NFL does. If they draft somebody in the first round, their chance or likelihood of success is way higher than some undrafted guy that you overpaid or reached because you're watching a preseason game and he's, like, blowing people up. Remember, yep. if a running back is blowing people up in the third quarter, it's probably scrubs like me and Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and I'll, and I'll point out the running back that was like that, and it was last week, and it was the Vikings running back, Rock Thomas. Just well, he looked up. amazing. He looked amazing, but he was playing against a bunch of third and, you know, fourth stringers. And, so yeah. for you casuals, and that's what this podcast is devoted, we're called the Dynasty Sub Podcast because we're a supplement to your dynasty. If you're new to dynasty and new to fantasy football, don't buy into the preseason football hype. Don't do it. You're watching a game like I got Cleveland and Buffalo on right now. Everybody's raving about Josh Allen for once. Okay. Jalen Ramsey says he's garbage. (laughs) That's a guy who sees quarterbacks every single day of his life, and he shuts them down. You know, mind you, the Browns were high on Josh Allen prior to, and thankfully they went Baker, I think, so. Um, so yeah, going back to league settings and knowing your league and knowing your league mates, et cetera. Also pay dynasty. You need to be like, every time you're going to the toilet, look at everybody's rosters. Like if you got to go to the bathroom, you should pull up your phone and look at the rosters and and make sure you're aware of who has who and, um, what you actually have and be self-aware to, if you're not contending, blow it up. Make get rid of all your your veterans that could be good pieces and set yourself up for a nice draft. Um, the high impact guys in a draft are running backs, and even they take two to three years to develop. Wide receivers, hopefully your league has taxis. Wide receivers can take three years to develop. Tight ends, same thing, three years. So for all these leagues that you guys don't have taxis or it's rookie only, you're wasting the even the the process. You're wasting the draft process, in my opinion. Across right. the boards, everybody likes my league settings because the taxi gives you a fair chance to draft and, and, and farm and control you know, guys long enough to where you can make a decision. Yep, and I like that, just being able to hold on to them, trying to see how they develop over the next year or two. And if you don't like how they're developing and you're yeah. seeing them in practice, you just ship them off to a guy who likes them. You know? I mean, think about like Nick Chubb's case. If he doesn't pop off and you don't have taxi, he's got to fight through Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Who are doing pretty well. Right. But because you have taxi and he hasn't shown himself, you can taxi him. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's something to pay heed to if you're a commissioner of League Two. Give your owners a chance to develop their roster. Don't paralyze because you're dead set on making it easy or, or saying, oh, starting lineup's the only thing that matters. Like part of the experience in Dynasty is actually like as close to ownership as you can without making a simulation like JT and I talked about the one time. <laughs> like, it, it's like you're running a business, you know. You're, 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 you don't want it to be a full-blown simulation though, like yeah. where it's I can't negotiate this move because I don't have cap room either. Like that's, that's hard. Yeah. It, it is. It's just like running a business. You're picking what you think is going to have value and have value over time. And so, and hopefully, you know, your investment pays off. That's yep. Dynasty League. All right. So let's get into these rookies a little bit. Um, 
I'm not trying to give away your draft strategy, but I think I mean, uh, you know, you know, what I'll do is I'll give, I'll give my top five prospects of who of who I think would be great to acquire at at the eight spot for you. Um, just in general, like who, like oh, just sure, top sure. five running so, backs. Like. Yeah, I mean that that's the interesting thing too is um, you know. The the top five running backs, let me see here. Most people know the top five running backs are Saquon, Darius, Sony, Rashad, Ronald Jones. Then you got Royce Freeman, Nick Chubb, Kerryon Johnson. Naheem Hines picked up a lot of hype. Kalen yeah. Balazs. So you have interesting prospects deeper. Kalen Balazs, Jordan Wilkins, Chase Edmonds, Mark Walton. Those are all, at this point, they're considered handcuffs. Yep. Haven't proven anything, but they're like right behind the stars. Uh, Jordan Wilkins is a long shot favorite by most accounts to actually beat out Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines in Indianapolis. So yeah. he, he's one to look out for. I don't recommend reaching per se, unless you're convinced and you're up to date on the Colts. Um, so of those running backs, who's your, your top five out of there? Because, dude, on the message boards, it's crazy because of the knee injuries, um, longevity versus immediate impact. Those are decisions you have to make. So, my top five, I've got Barkley. Yeah, we can just ignore him. Like, two to five. (laughs) Like, Barkley is still number one. Okay. Okay. Um, Then I've got Freeman. I've got Johnson. I've got Brock Thomas. You are putting Rock Thomas ahead of Darius, guys. As as like if I could pick up Rock Thomas, if I if Rock Thomas is available at my fifth round or fourth round pick, I'll pick him up. Okay, but we're talking top five. You're not gonna propel Rock Thomas ahead of not, not top five. Oh, pick. but for your team needs, maybe? Yeah. Like oh oh you're you're round one, you're round two, you're okay, I see what you're yeah. saying. Okay. And, um, so, so you're you're projecting in round three you can maybe get a Balage or Wilkins or Edmonds? Possibly. Um, I would, I'd probably go wide receiver in round three. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of wires here. Plenty to choose from. I think my first two picks will be running backs and then I'll go into wide receiver in round three. See, yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I hate doing this podcast, but I love it. Um, yeah. Everybody who like texts with me often and is kind of in my more inner circle, they all know I'm high on Carryon Johnson. And for the most part, I'm sitting in most of my leagues in the 12 to 14 range. Carryon was slated to get there after you got wide receivers, Cortland Sutland, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. You have quarterbacks in the mix if it's super flex. Like Carryon Johnson would have fallen to me quickly at the mm-hmm. 12. Not anymore. Not anymore. People want the functional running back, and with guys going down, there goes one. Mitchell's knee, another. Penny's finger, another. Ronald Jones, who knows what the heck's going on there. And then the Freeman and Booker thing, and then Chubb hasn't shown up. So guess who most people's consensus active running back is? KJ. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Johnson, Royce Freeman, all the everything that I plan for, and this is something to warn you guys about. Everything, like the trade you make to acquire specific uh, pick slots, <laughs> you're not done. You're not nope. done until he's on your team. 
Exactly. And if it is your guy and I don't, I don't firmly, I don't, in dynasty, I don't really believe in like reaching per se. Much like the NFL, like what they, like the Ravens traded a whole bunch of stuff just to get back in to get Lamar and nobody saw that coming. Like you do what you got to do to get your guy in real football. Yep. And like everybody was like, oh crap, Lamar in the first 32, whatever. Yeah, but guess what? The Ravens got their guy. Nobody else saw it coming. Most of the time, trades happen when, like, I'm looking at Cody at eight and I think he's going running back. I'm at 12. I need to go to seven to beat out Cody for whatever running back he likes. That's when most trades happen. So if you can sneak ahead, like, when it's not deemed that way to get your guy, do it. If you can pay, if you have elite older guys on your roster and you can pay, um, later to, to re- reset up your next draft, go ahead and pay now to get the one or two guys that you can get. Yeah. You want to get, there's no reason to, I need five rookies to fill my team. There's waiver wire. There's other guys offering you depth. Like just take your one or two that you want. You can, you can usually get the later flyer guys later. Like there's somebody will throw them as a throw in or, you know, so that's that's my little tidbit of advice. Unless your league stinks and nobody trades and nobody responds, then you know <laughs> there's that too. Um, there's one guy I forgot his name. It's nobody, but I think he's he could be somebody. At running back. Yep. Um, and he's on a roster. Nobody would really expect. You have John Kelly as Gurley's backup. You have Trenton Cannon, who is now much more important if Crowell's injury and Bilal Powell, plus Cannon's returning punts. For those listening, uh, I'm throwing out names and tidbits that I've picked up as as much as I can from reading and hopefully help you guys kind of take your reaches. Um, Only because depth is important. And if you you and your – to me, rounds one and two are the most important in rookie draft if you have five rounds. Those are the two to go get your guy. Three, four, five are the ones that you just want to take your best flyer to see who could possibly go hot. And Cody will tell you, I have mostly only first and second round picks. That's all I have. Yep. Trades up all of your third and fourths and fifths. Yep. Third, fourth, fifth. Anybody that's not starting on my line, I'm trying to go get my guys. That's what I'm trying to do. If I can't go get my guys, I'm going to trade out of it, find assets, or trade out of it to go get more flyers. So if at 18 all my guys are spent, I might trade down out of 18 to just take a whole bunch of flyers. And I'm probably going to take nothing but running back flyers, to be honest. Running backs go down left and right. Some get hot. Even if somebody gets hot for two games, you can turn them into a better asset for you. Because, oh, that guy's not stirring for you. He's hot, and somebody comes calling for him. They want him. They think he's the next best thing, and you score. So did you figure out who your guy was? No. I have one guy on there. I'm not going to talk about him. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to talk about him. I will say there is one guy that if I'm a Devontae Freeman owner, I am picking up Edo Smith. He is deemed to be the next Tevin Coleman. Um, but I wouldn't pick him up early. No. So, 
I, I think this I think this draft is gonna go super heavy on the running backs and then we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of wide receiver picks and maybe some QBs in the mix. All right, let's move let's move to wide receivers after since you said that. Um, consensus, most people are saying DJ Moore is the real deal. He's going first. Who do you have? Um, I have Sutton. It, now, Sutton. for you saying that, and if you remember, Sutton was at the top of the boards before preseason and like right after the draft. And then he kind of dropped a little bit because he's behind DT and Emmanuel Sanders. Now he's kind of rising again because of all the Broncos hype. Yep. And they've got a solid quarterback there, and I think he'll he'll show a little bit potential this year, and then the next year he'll be a starter because I think DT and one of them, Sanders or DT, is going to be done this year or next. Yeah. Yep. Now, would you take Sutton or Deshae Hamilton? Because here's – have you followed that enough to follow the difference? No. Um, so <laughs> the Broncos drafted Cortland Sutton, who is Demarius Thomas' build, a big guy. Red zone target, talented, Julio Jones style, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then they have Deshaun, Deshaun Hamilton, who is Emmanuel Sanders style. Quick, in and out of, you know, high technique guy. So right now, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, even though Sutton's shown promise, Deshaun Hamilton took the early lead in technique and separation. So some people believe in technique and separation above athleticism and freakiness because there is that Laquan Treadwell scare factor in Cortland Sutton, just like there was the Trent Richardson scare factor in Saquon Barkley. Right. I, I think I think what's going to happen is that we're going to have to see how the Broncos are building their team and what they think the needs of their team is. And I think that's what the choice is going to be based off of because they have two solid wide receivers – yeah. In what Dynasty, I'm not taking Cortland early. Um if I need if I need a high impact quick wide receiver. But rewind to three to five minutes ago, I already said most wide receivers don't show until year three anyway. So plan for that. Take your best guy that you think is gonna be in three years the next Juju. Juju's going into year three, by the way, people. Yep. I think. No, year two. Yeah. So Juju's showing early. And Juju's only showing early because the Steelers decided to also move Martavis out. Um, speaking of that, you got James Washington. Are you high on him or not? Uh, not with the wide receiver for <laughs> Pittsburgh has, no. But I think – Well, who Antonio, do you think they have? Because they don't have it anymore. Well, they have Antonio Brown. They have Juju Smith. I know Martavis Bryant's gone. So, right. yeah, that gives him – So that's potential. what they're saying now is that James Washington is going to slide right in and have impact. That's why I want to – I kind of tricked you into that one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, not, all, with, not with how Juju's developing and with Antonio Brown being there, I don't think he's going to see, like, upside until his year three. Uh, I agree. Um, but if you need a WR3 to play flex or – I don't think James is involved in the special teams. Um, but if you need a young guy that, with, with more upside for actually playing right now, James is one of them. Traquan Smith is another. He's in uh, New Orleans. They – who was the other guy? Brandon Coleman was a wide receiver. I think they brought in and nothing happened in New Orleans. 
So Traquan Smith could be opposite of Michael Thomas. I haven't seen much hype on him yet. Deion Kane in Indianapolis was interesting. He was off the boards, not overly talked about unless you're in a Debbie league. And then now he has a hamstring issue of which Deion Kane gives way to Chester Rogers. So those of you hoping for another uh, Andrew Luck lightning strike, Chester Rogers might be somebody to pick up there. Might be. Don't, uh, you know, don't go crazy. <laughs> Chester Rogers is a year three player and he shows some, but not everything. But then again, they haven't had luck for three years. Yeah. Calvin Ridley is interesting. If you watch the message boards, um, people are split on him. I'm kind of split on him too. If you're a Julio owner, do you draft him? No, 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 I wouldn't. I I don't, I don't, I don't like to go double wide receiver on teams. If I'm stacking, I like with, with our roster size, you don't, no, I, I would prefer to go running back, quarterback, and wide receiver if I was stacking. But even then, I I typically don't stack all three. So you just avoid three of anything. I typically typically I'll stack wide receiver and QB. Yeah, so I don't depth wise after after starting and all that. If they're not in my starting lineup, I don't necessarily call them stacking. But I will pick up a mini handcuff like Muhammad Sanu for Julio last year was amazing. Those three games. Um, Calvin really to me fits that role that God forbid something happens to Sanu or Julio Calvin suddenly a shiner. So things like that. Um, those are things I consider. The other thing is if Julio's, if I draft somebody who's going to contribute and Julio's aging and Calvin's destined to be the, the WR one, like the next in line, I will draft the next in line guy. Yeah. Like, I say it's that probably because I'm not a big Matt Ryan guy. Okay. Fair, fair. Like, and, and that's probably how I look at it. I'm just like, well, it's Matt Ryan. All right. Well, I mean, if we put you in a different situation, you know, Dallas is horrible. Like Alan Hearns to Michael Gallup. I don't even want to talk about it. Michael Gallup. If you're going to reach, go for it. He might be the WR one. They've said absolutely nothing about Alan Hearns. Absolutely nothing. I, yeah, Dallas like that's is, crazy. Dallas is in rebuild mode right now. You can't be in rebuild mode, with Zeke. <laughs> like, if it, no, no different than in real fantasy football. If you own Zeke, you're not in rebuild. You're like, I'm going to contend every game. They're eight and eight, and eight and eight is great. Remember? Yeah, Dallas, Dallas needs to do some building, but I don't think they're in full blown rebuild. All right, what do you think about DJ Shark in Jacksonville? I don't trust Jacksonville receivers. <laughs> That's that. All right. So I, I, I think they get a little bit too much hype for what they are, but like every single time that I've owned a Jacksonville receiver, it's been injury, injury. And I'm like, no, I'm just not dealing with it. I don't, I don't like their, I don't like their protocols for, you know, recovery. I think they're a little too quick and not conservative enough, enough for their wide receivers. Um, and so they always get re-injured. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is it's, it's their passing game is by committee. Bortles throws to whoever's open. It's not a, I'm WR1 and I'm the man. You got DD, you got Keelan Cole. Now you have DJ Shark, who's highly athletic and talented. Marquise Lee, who has horrible uh, reception perception by that one guy. 
Like the guy is just horrible on that, but he's still, I mean, Marquise Lee still scores. So what's yeah. what? Uh, if I'm looking at wide receivers, the two that I would look at for immediate impact are DJ Moore and Anthony Miller. DJ Moore is going to be the consensus wide receiver one in Carolina. He is the next Steve Smith per all reports. Funches is clearly a high-tech WR2. Anthony Miller is a baller, apparently, from Memphis. And, again, you have uh, Allen Robinson. You got all those gadgets. You got Taylor Gabriel. You got Tariq Cohn. You got Jordan Howard, who's been catching 30 to balls a day, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So – Chicago is where you want to be if you need a young upside wide receiver and that offense is going somewhere. Anthony Miller would not be a bad pickup. Let's get into the quarterbacks. I'm going to be dream crushed, I think. Yep, I I think you will be. Only because, so you don't know this yet, but in the Empire League, I traded up into the eighth round and I caught everybody off guard. It's a super flex. I opened with... Uh, Rodgers, early. Yep. And then I had Mahomes in the fourth. That's kind of my usual. I'm high on Rodgers and Mahomes. And then I traded up into the eighth, and everybody's like, what has Ben about to do? And I went back-to-back picks, Lamar and Baker. So then the whole league's like, what the heck is that? Like, are you hoarding them just to trade them and all that? Like, people were trying to decipher it. No, I want Lamar and Baker. It's dynasty. There yeah. are no quarterbacks in 2019. Those are the two best in this class. I want them both. Lamar Jackson runs, running in fantasy football scores. <laughs> End all be all. And dude, my inbox after our draft, everybody's like, all right, so which of those can I get? I'm like, you can't. You know who I made available? Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I traded Mahomes to get Deshaun Watson. I traded Deshaun Watson to get Jordan Howard. It's going to be interesting how those two play. And everybody's like, well, what, what, what did you do that for? And why do you have four? Okay, so in Superflex, and if your rosters are big enough, you should always have one stud quarterback, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, and somebody who's close to that level in the Superflex or a streamer in the Superflex. Because most of the time, quarterbacks score better than any other position. Consistently. I'm just saying high floor. Even Jared Goff or Alex Smith last year, high floor, they outscored, you know, your running back too. That's the strategy. If you have four quarterbacks, I honestly, I, I messed up. I should have drafted five. I should have drafted the fifth to trade. And yep. I should have drafted an older one like Big Ben, Breeze, Brady, any of those instead of Mahomes. Because Mahomes was hard to let go of. <laughs> but... You also have to, like, bear in mind, if you're in a startup draft, you're not just drafting for you, you're not just drafting for value, but you're also drafting for perceived value, and that is who's hot right now and who are people talking about and who do people want to obtain. I drafted, I don't like Robbie Anderson on mine because he's a boomer bust wide receiver. He was sitting there late, like in the 11th. I drafted him. I had no intentions of keeping him unless he had to be in my starting lineup. Traded him away to get Mark Ingram. So those are things in your dynasty draft. If you're on a startup, you got to think about like it's, it's a marathon. Opposite of that, I had a redraft last Sunday. Horrible. <laughs> I'm so like dynasty mode now. I'm like, what is going on? 
<laughs> like the values are different. They really are. Like I'm like, do quarterbacks went off the board the first three rounds because super flex and it's it's casuals and I, I think you alluded to it before we started recording. Casuals will do unpredictable things. If you're in a highly competitive league where everybody's reading the same sources and listening to the same podcast, you're safer because it's predictable. You get in a league with filthy casuals, oh my God, like this, <laughs> we have no idea what's going to happen at the two spot. John Banks is at the two spot. I talked to him today, actually. I don't even know if he's looked at his roster. Really? The other thing is now, instead of at the two spot, consensus was it was going to be um, either Rashad Penny or Darius Geis. Now, honestly, what is anybody doing at their two spot? I think now instead of talent, it's genuinely going to team need. Yeah, that's my two spot. Right? Like if you're in the two, are you it, – it was previously I'm going Darius Geis because he's the consensus number two. Now it's – what does John have? So John has Stafford and Rivers, which you and I loved. That was a good stack. Odell, Mike Evans. He has Marquise Goodwin as his wide receiver three. He needs wide receivers. You got Hogan, Marquise Goodwin, Terrell Pryor, Cole Beasley, Trent Taylor. Looking at the roster, oh, yeah, I need – so if I'm at the one-two looking at this, but I haven't got to the running backs, that's the problem. <laughs> his running backs, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray, Corey Clement, he needs running backs. But not only does he need running backs, he needs starting running backs. Yeah. So now, now do you trade out of the one-two and trade back to the five or the four and go get Freeman or Rojo? Or do you just go ahead and draft guys and hope for 2019? Like his stack, his wide receivers are awesome. His quarterbacks are awesome. But Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray, not going to get it done. Travis Kelsey, awesome. If he had one running back – he'd be in the hunt. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. This is not a roster you just straight up blow up. It's not. He's got all the pieces except for running back. I mean, I like that he picked up the Browns running backs. I mean. That leads towards Nick Chubb, but you don't go Nick Chubb at 1-2. No. Not with what he's shown us. Um, there was an article online the other day that Nick Chubb is the best running back in the class even ahead of Barkley. I forgot who wrote that, but I was like, ooh. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. Yeah. I don't know who you'd go at the one, too. Not with everybody injured. Based on, like, if I'm, if I'm John, and just based on that, you need more depth. If I'm John at the one, two, I'm trading back to probably the seven. I'm picking up a second or a third. Or I'm getting somebody else's depth, like their RB3 that they might not like that could start. Or, or a guy like Isaiah Crowell, who's going to start. Yeah. I would trade back, get Crowell, get CJ Anderson, maybe, who's definitely going to be the running back in Carolina. I can't say that enough people. Like Christian's a receiving back. CJ Anderson will score. That's if I'm John, and I hope you listen to this podcast, John. I'm trading back. I'm looking for the CJ Anderson, Crowell owners, um, even uh, Alex Collins. Somebody yeah. that starts, and then I only want to move back five to eight spots to pick up another young running back who could be Darius Geis if you do it properly. 
And if he falls, and then you're gonna you're gonna be better than you were all because you had the one two. That's what I would do. Yep. And that's well. He has he has a lot of depth to his running backs, but they're like second stringers. Right. I mean, looking at that build, it's a zero RB build, except for it's not all PPR guys. Well, I mean, he's got Corey Clement and Darren Sproles, too. Sproles, I think, is going to score if they feed him the ball in his last hurrah. <laughs> like, if your, team, if your league bonuses up on PPR or extra incentives on, you know, Sproles could be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't overspend to get him. But So, yeah, John, if I'm you, buddy, I'm looking to trade back. Get get a known RB1, maybe not the highest value. Somebody might discard him if he's their RB3. He'll be your starter, and then you get a nice young back, whether it's Darius Geis or Carrion Johnson or a lot of options. The one-two opens you up to, to more depth. So things to think about. Yeah, a lot. Uh, we did not touch on tight ends. I think Mike Gesicki and Hayden Hurst are the tried, tried and true uh, favorites. Yeah, the only two you should ever draft, I think. Yeah, I like, I like Mike though. Mike Gesicki is. I like yeah, him. he he's the best. He was he was a um, combine warrior. So. Yeah. And he's looking uh, really good in practices. Dallas Godert uh, is in Philly as the next Trey Burton. Um, other than that, like guys start reading up on your tight ends. They, if they are a blocking tight end, that's not what you want in fantasy football. And you can also either a later trade for them cheaply when somebody else discards them, you can pick them up from the waiver wire. It's tight ends to me are not the investment and you're not going to get a Gronk. You're not going to get a Kelsey like Gesicki and Hurst have been the best prospects in a while. So maybe those two, and I wouldn't – I saw some are taking him in, like, the first round. And I can't help but say, okay, go ahead and get your guy if that's your position of highest need. But, yeah, it's – tight ends, it's a good class by all what most people say, but tight ends just don't do much. Nope. Yep. So that's it, folks. Dynasty Sup. Hit us up, Dynasty Sup guys, on Twitter. Uh, I'm Ben. That's Cody. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't talked to Cody in a while. He's been busy. We've been busy. The league's dropped off a little bit, but it's going to pick back up. Any questions you got, hit us up. Dynasty Sup guys on Twitter, Instagram. Um, find our group on Facebook if you want. So appreciate it, Cody. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. We'll, uh, we'll see, see what shakes out. <laughs> Herman. Bye.